I wonder if you think much about the why of life. You know, the why of life. Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you go to work? Why do you put another wash on? What is the why of your life? That the purpose... I mean, it is, it is the why in the end that, that should drive us, isn't it? I mean, for some people to say, the why is happiness. I just want to be happy. That's the why of why I'm doing all this stuff. Uh, I just want my kids to turn out better than I have. That's why I'm doing the, the why of all this stuff. I mean, for instance, what was the why of the, uh, what is the why of the protest group Extinction Rebellion? Uh, it's not, we believe in bringing London to a standstill. Um, that might have attracted you know, a few youngsters with too much time on their hands and not enough to do, who want a bit of a laugh. But, but that's not the why, is it, of the group? It's not, we believe gluing yourself to a train is fun. Because I can tell you now, as a man who's had some close calls with superglue, that is dangerous stuff. It's scary. You just don't do that as, a, as something that's fun, do you? The 16-year-old Swedish teenager Greta Thunberg said in a speech at Marble Arch, How do we want the future living conditions for all living species to be like? We are the ones making a difference. We are the people in Extinction Rebellion and the children's school strike for the climate. We are the ones making a difference. And we will never stop fighting. We will never stop fighting for this planet, for ourselves, for our futures, and for the futures of our children and grandchildren. Now, saving the world gets people out of bed in the morning, doesn't it? That their why is, we believe the world needs to change, and we can make a difference. Or what's the why of Christianity? I mean, if it's just, we, we, we believe we've got a great religion, and it's going to make your life better, that's not much of a why, is it? I mean, the, the Buddhists, and the, the Hindus, and the Muslims, even the humanists will tell you they believe stuff that's great, and they'll, they'll make your life better. No, no, the why of Christianity is we believe that there was an extraordinary person who has changed the world forever. The only person who we've seen in Matthew's Gospel, the only person to live and claim to be God on earth and then prove that by what he said and what he did and the way he behaved. The only person who came and said, the purpose of my life is to die and then rise again. And over the last few weeks, we've seen him do just that. Somehow, in totally control, he has gone to his death, humbly, sacrificially, and then risen again on the third day. We believe, as that video said, and as it says behind me, nothing beats knowing Jesus Christ. But more than that... We believe that Jesus is God's living king. Now, that's been the message of Matthew, that he is the Messiah, the king God has sent to bring in his kingdom. And what Jesus teaches his disciples at the end of Matthew's gospel is the the why and the who and the, the what and the how of that kingdom. Verses 18 to 20 must be some of the most famous verses in the Bible. That there's one word that, that actually dominates them. Have a look down at, at verse 18 with me. Then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, verse 20 literally says, And teaching them to obey all things I have commanded you, and I am with you always, is all days. The Lord Jesus Christ makes huge claims 
He makes claims to everything. So here's the why of Christianity. It's because Jesus has all authority. All authority, says Jesus, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You see, Matthew's gospel has presented Jesus as a king. You might know the Christmas story right from the beginning. Herod, in Matthew chapter 2, the king of the local area, he knows that a promised new king has been born, and he wants to kill him. There's only going to be one king in Herod's life, and that's not going to be Jesus. Then we saw over Good Friday. Above Jesus' cross was the sign, the king of the Jews, mocking him. Dying as one who claimed to be king. But, but actually, we saw that that was the plan. That he came to take the punishment of his people at a cross. And as on Easter Day Jesus rises, he's a greater king than, than anyone ever expected. And as God's risen living king, Jesus says, I have all authority over the whole of God's creation. There was a debate a few years ago between two Oxford scientists in one corner, Richard Dawkins, the, the well-known biologist, atheistic biologist, and the other, John Lennox, a, a professor, professor of math, a, a Christian. And Lennox ended the debate by pointing to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus as a primary place of proof for Christianity. This is what Dawkins said in reply. It all comes down to the, the resurrection of Jesus for John Lennox. Forget all the science. The resurrection is so petty, so trivial, so local, so earthbound, so unworthy of creation. And the only reason you're here today, that tiny, petty, trivial event, and here we are, 2,000 years later, 2,000 miles away, still talking about it. You see, the Bible has a very different view. Uh, the, the Apostle Peter, the first follower of Jesus, uh, says in the first sermon he preaches, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He is Lord and King. Now, now if you go to the house of someone in the, the armed forces, you know, the army, the navy, um, the air force, they might have up somewhere in the house their commission. Do you know that? The, they usually have it in the toilet for some reason. I don't know why, maybe to intimidate you while you're sitting there. It's the document from the Queen that says that they are a member of the armed forces. Quite often it's signed by Queen Elizabeth. They are in her service. We went to a lunch with a lovely couple a few years ago. Edward was the commanding officer of the Grenadier Guards. So there wasn't just a document signed by the Queen. There were lots of pictures of Liz all over the bog. It was extraordinary. And anyway, Hugh, I wasn't going to say which child, but there it came out. Hugh, aged about five, went to the loo and uh, saw all these pictures, and, and Edward in his military uniform, and uh, came out and went straight up to Edward and went, so, have you killed anyone? <laughs> we got off with a social faux pas. But, but if you have a, a commission, you, you have a, a commission from the Queen. It's, it's a great honour to serve her. But what this is in Matthew 28 is the fact that we, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, have a commission. It's not a commission to kill, it's a commission to bring life. It's not from a, a ceremonial monarch. It's from the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords. The one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. And there is no greater honor to be in his service. And the amazing thing is that this king believes that very ordinary people will change the world. 
people like you and me, people from all walks of life, people with all sorts of different backgrounds, all different levels of education, people like his first followers. He says to a, a, a bag of mixed up people like us, you're the way, I'm going to change the world. All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me and I'm going to commission you. It's a, it's a huge encouragement, isn't it? You see, if you're a Christian here this evening, you don't have to actually earn the right to tell people the good news about Jesus. You've been given that right by Jesus himself. You're not trying to actually convince people to vote for a new leader. You're not trying to sell them some sort of lifestyle package that will make them happier. No, you're telling them about a king who loves them more than they can imagine and already rules over the whole of creation, including their lives. The king who keeps their heart beating and who keeps the lungs in their body absorbing oxygen. He is their king. Because the message in, in Matthew's gospel about Jesus' kingdom is it's a beautiful kingdom. If you're not yet a Christian here, it's a beautiful kingdom that Jesus offers. It's a kingdom of, of rest for the weary and the burdened. He's a king who, who reaches out to the bullied and, and the downtrodden and shows them love. And ultimately, he's a king who came not to be served, but to serve by giving his own life for his people. Now, these words, all authority in heaven and on earth, come from another book in the Bible, Daniel chapter 7. And there one who's like a, a son of man is given authority over the whole of creation and given a kingdom. And the great thing about that kingdom, where evil has been defeated forever. Don't, don't we look out on, on a, a world this week with shootings in a synagogue, with the, the bombings in Sri Lanka, with the, the tragedy of our news and think wouldn't it be great to be part of a kingdom and live in a world where evil has been defeated forever and that is what Jesus has come to do he says I am that son of man who came to suffer and give my life as a ransom for my people and now I've risen from the dead to prove that I am that king and to offer you a place in my kingdom a kingdom that in the end goes on through death to be with God forever you see Jesus is God's risen ruling king it's a fact you see, the kingdom of Jesus, dare I say this, it's more like, like Brexit than the local elections. I've used the word, I apologize. So, so the reason that the kingdom of Jesus is more like Brexit, if Brexit goes through, okay? Just the word, if Brexit goes through, everyone in this country will no longer be part of the European Union. Now, it doesn't matter if you kiss both cheeks of your neighbor and eat brie till the cows come home, or, you know, like sauerkraut, you still won't be part of the European Union if you live in this country. Yeah? Because the whole of the country will have left the European Union. And what Jesus is saying is, the whole of the world is now under my authority. But the question is, will people acknowledge it? Will they acknowledge God's loving King? If you're not a, a Christian here today or not, it's not that Jesus has to earn the right to rule your life. It's that he is giving you life. And will you acknowledge him as your loving king who calls you to come to him? 
See, there's no one in the world who's outside the rule of the risen Lord Jesus. No, no, that, that friend who shuts you down when you, you try a conversation about church. Um, that your neighbor who said, oh, they might come to a quiz night, but then texted you 10 minutes beforehand and said, no, it's not for them. They all need to hear of their king, the Lord Jesus. Because one day they will meet him. Either they'll come to him now, or they'll meet him at the end of the age. See, Jesus has all authority. The Christian writer C.S. Lewis called God the great interferer. And as Christians, we're commanded by Jesus in great love to go and interfere in the lives of other people in the name of God's king. That's why. What's who? Who is this for? Well, it's for all people. Did you see that in verse 19? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, all peoples. There's no one in the world who should not follow the Lord Jesus. And there's no one in the world who is beyond, who cannot follow the Lord Jesus. There's no one who shouldn't be a Christian and no one who can't be a Christian. Uh, Being baptized, says Jesus, in the name of the Father and the the Son and the the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to become a Christian. Uh, I had a an interesting and friendly conversation once when I was uh, living and working in Exeter. I'd written a piece in our local church newsletter explaining why Jesus was unique amongst the religions of the world. And the woman rang me up and she said I was inciting religious hatred because it was an outrageous thing to claim that Jesus was unique and, and different from the other world religions. But, but Jesus is, is quite clear here. All peoples need to hear of him. Whatever their religious background, whatever their their beliefs, he he is their king. They need to hear of him. And that's great news if if you're feeling that you're too bad or too broken. It's great news for for the wicked and the weak. Because Jesus isn't looking for a special type of person. There's not, you know, one type of person labeled religious and another type of person labeled not religious. We all are trusting something in our lives. We're all putting our faith in something, even if it's just ourselves or the general good of humanity. We're all religious. No, Jesus says there's no special type of person. There's no CV required for an entry equipment requirement that there are no special qualifications to be a christian there's no one who's more or less precious to the lord jesus christ in fact the bible says the the only thing that we bring into our relationship with the lord jesus is our disobedience our sin our failure to love god and love one another bring that burden he says to me that's the only thing our king asks us to bring anyone can come to jesus and be forgiven anyone can come to Jesus and know God's love through him Extinction Rebellion are passionate aren't they because they believe climate change is the issue that affects everyone and in one way they're absolutely right it does affect everyone but it's not the issue you see the gospel the good news of Jesus that is the issue In the end, our relationship with the environment, yes, it's vitally important, but our relationship with the God who made the environment is even more important. Did you believe that? 
If you're a Christian here today, do your, do your friends and your family know you believe that? That the most important thing for them, the biggest issue in their lives, is do they know the Lord Jesus Christ? It's not their career or their cancer. It's not their qualifications or even their quality of life. The issue for every single human being is do you have Jesus as your loving king? It's for all people. That's why as a church we love supporting those who tell people in other countries about the Lord Jesus. It's why we rejoice with great sadness, but we rejoice in sending Ben and Emily to Sweden to be involved in telling people about the Lord Jesus there. It's why it's great that Rob Dalton's off to Haiti again this afternoon to work in a hospital and tell people about the Lord Jesus. Every single person needs to hear If you're a a member here at the church, I hope that each week you take up our church news sheet in touch, look to the back and read the mission focus about people who are telling others about the Lord Jesus and and you pray for them. It'd be a great thing if you came to our prayer meeting and got the mission prayer update so you can read and pray about this wonderful work of taking the good news of King Jesus to all nations. That's who it's for, anyone. You're a human being here today? Jesus is for you. He really is. He is for you. And how do we bring people to his kingdom? Well, it's, it's all teaching. That's the what. Look at verse 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, baptism is marking the point that people become a Christian. It's a sign of God's gracious work in them. That, that he, through The death of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection to life has forgiven them and brought them into his family. It's not that baptism changes anyone. No, it's actually a sign of someone who's already become a Christian. Uh, What they need to do, therefore, is to hear about the Father who loves them, who, who sent his one and only Son for them. The Son who loves them and in obedience went to the cross to die in their place. And the Spirit who who comes into their lives and makes the love of God real in a personal experience and opens their eyes up so when they read the Word of God, uh, they see that they're not just the words of people, but the very Word of God. They need to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But but being a Christian is about an ongoing relationship. It's about learning all things. Did, Did you see that verse 20, in teaching them to obey all things I have commanded you. All teaching. Uh, do, you, do you know that, that word disciples? We use it a lot. Do you know what it means? It actually means learners. That, that's, a disciple is a, a learner. You, you never take the L plates off in the Christian life. You're always a learner. That, that actually should make us a little bit more understanding to one another, shouldn't it, as Christians? As we gather together, we're saying we're, we're, pretty, we're all incompetent. We've all got the L plates on. I was driving across a roundabout uh, this week, and uh, I was in the inside lane, and someone came from lane one across lane two and lane three, straight across the exit in front of me, and headed off to the right. And I was just thinking some godly thoughts <laughs> about what I might say. And then I saw the P plates, you know, the green P plates, which I don't think means plonker, on the back of their car... I think it means something provisional, you know, they've just recently passed. And my heart went out to them, I thought, oh, I've done that. Yeah, a bit of sympathy, they're they're still really in that learning stage. 
as we all know, we're perfect after we move out of that learning stage, and we can criticize everyone's driving, but they were still in the learning stage. Well, well, can I ask you here, are you a Christian here this morning? Put your hand up if you're a learner. If you're a Christian, put your hand up if you're a learner. Put your hand up. Okay, I'm, going to, I'm looking, I can see who haven't got their hand up, so I'm going to invent, come talk to you about the sin of pride after church. <laughs> I've got you named. We're all learners, brothers and sisters. If you're not a Christian here, you're surrounded by incompetent people. Not incontinent, incompetent people. (laughs) Yeah? We're all learning together. And that's why we need to be taught all things. There's so much to learn. The Lord Jesus himself said that the whole Old Testament was about him, so we can't give up on that. He then commissioned his first followers to write the New Testament, so we've got to read that. And however much we might like it, however, or dislike it, however hard we find it to stomach, because let's be honest, we all find bits of the Bible hard to stomach. We find it hard to accept. Did you notice um, what was written on Extinction Rebellion's pink boat uh, in Oxford Circus? Here it is, you can see it. Tell the truth. Yeah? I guess that's what Jesus is saying. Obey everything. Tell the truth. There's so much to learn. That's the way we make disciples, by bringing people to to, to look at this book, to to look at what God has said about the Lord Jesus. So dads, if you're a dad here this morning, we had an example from Ben. Are are you doing this for your children? Because because the Lord God tells fathers to to train and instruct their children in following Jesus. If you're a dad here this morning, and in your household you don't have a good um, Bible for kids... Um, or if you're a mum here this morning, and in your household you don't have a good Bible for kids, because mums are called as well to, to teach their children of the Lord Jesus, we'd love to just to give you one afterwards. Gareth, where are you, my friend? I've lost you. Where are you gone? He went to, he subbed in. He was going to do this to me. Who, who shall I pick on? Joanna, there you go. Sit your hand in the air. It's okay, you're safe. Afterwards, Joanna, wife of Gareth, will... Um, We'll have some of these Bibles at the back. You happy to do that? And we'll give them to anyone who doesn't have one in your household. We'll give you an age-appropriate Bible so you can teach your children of Jesus. We want you to be doing that, dads and mums. The, the family is the place your kids need to know about God's King, Jesus. And grandparents, are you praying for your kids? Praying as they seek to do that? Are you seeking to teach your grandchildren of the Lord Jesus? Is that your priority for them? And young marrieds, do you see your relationship as a way of helping others come to know more about the Lord Jesus? Is that what you're doing with your marriage, thinking about how you can encourage others in following him? And if you're, you're single here, do you see that the opportunity you have with just a little bit more time to, to set aside time to be telling others about the Lord Jesus from his word? There's so much teaching. People need to know all teaching. And if, if you're not a, a Christian yet here, all, all we'd love you to do is to maybe read with, with someone who is a Christian uh, just a, a little bit of one of the accounts of Jesus' life. Uh, we, uh, we suggest using this. It's, it's called Word One-to-One. It, it's just got John's gospel, John's account of Jesus' life laid out in a simple form. And we'd love it if you, you just sat down with, with your friend, maybe you've come here this morning with them, who's, who's a Christian, and they just read a bit, and you read a bit, and then you asked any questions you wanted, or you just sat there in silence and then read the next bit. Because in the end, well, we're not trying to brainwash you or sell you something. We just want you to read 
a first-hand account about Jesus because that's the way people become his followers so, so why not think about doing that if you're if you're here with a friend who isn't yet a Christian why not why not say to them do you, do you fancy just doing that over a coffee let's give it a go half an hour one coffee you hate it we never have to do it again well why not try that with with someone you know who's not yet a Christian uh, if you're uh, here and you're not yet a Christian, you want to do that, and your Christian friend's too much of a wimp, come and ask me afterwards. I'll buy you lunch, and we can read it for half an hour together. Why don't we do that? I promise not to say anything, okay? I'll be silent. You know, I'll just buy you lunch, you read the book, we leave. Free lunch. All teaching, that's what people need to know. There's, there's no shortage. They need to know this. What, what's the why? He's got all authority. The loving king has all authority. No. What's, what's the who? It's for anyone. You're a human being, this is for you. It's all peoples. Well, what's the what? Oh, you're going to open up the Bible with you. All teaching, everything that he, he said and did. How, how on earth are we going to do that? Because that's quite a big task, isn't it? You can imagine these, these first, if there were 11, there might have been a few more at this stage, disciples on top of the hill. And Jesus is saying to them, they, they, some are doubting that that is Jesus. And he said, oh, don't worry, all you've got to do is go and convert the entirety of humanity. They don't even know where all nations are. They've never done a decent geography lesson. How are they going to do that? I mean, why, why did it work? Why are we still here? Why are we sitting here this morning? Because it clearly worked. Well, here's, here's the how. It's Jesus says, I'm always with you. Look at, look at the last verse. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, Jesus is no absent leader. I guess there couldn't have been any more reassuring words from him. I am always with you. As you go about the business of following me, as you go about the business of telling people that I am their loving king, I am always with you. I am strengthening you and equipping you. And that's, that was hard for them. They just watched the might of the Roman Empire crucify Jesus. They knew that if you decided to worship a king who wasn't Caesar, the death penalty was usually the way your life ended. It's still hard today. Across the world today, people are following Jesus in fear of their lives. We're hugely privileged. That's not us here, is it? But it is still hard to make Jesus known. Extinction Rebellion want us to believe that we're on the edge of a catastrophe. They might want to be right, I don't know. 16-year-old Swedish teenager, what did she say, Greta Thunberg? Humanity is now standing at a crossroads. We must now decide which path we want to take. They're inspiring words. She's making a good point. But, but there is a bigger crossroads we're standing at. He comes at the end of this passage. He says, I'm always with you to the very end of the age. You see, the risen King Jesus stands and he says there's an age, an age now when this good news about me goes to the world, but there's an end to this age. In Matthew's Gospel, we've seen that end comes when Jesus returns and he judges the world. All people stand before him and they see that he really is God's King. And Jesus says, when I return and judge, that's the end of the age, but, but now the purpose of these days is that you go and make my kingdom known. And he promises that he is always with us as we do that, by the power of his spirit. You see, Jesus isn't like, um, like your swimming teacher. You know, your swimming teacher, they, they stand on the side, they give you a float, and they make encouraging noises at you. That's a good way to teach swimming, but they're always on the side of the pool. Yeah? 
He's not, he's not like your, your dad or your mum when you learn to ride your bike. You know, they took the stabilizers off and they go, I'll always be here. I'll always, no, I'm really, I'm going to keep holding. I know, really, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold. And then they, they've let go. And you're freestyling down the garden. Okay? That's, again, quite a good thing to do. The lying's okay in that situation, maybe. Yeah? Okay? They're not, he's not like that. He's not even like, like a, someone on the end of the phone. You know, life's going tough. Call Jesus. We, that's what prayer is. We call Jesus. No, he's not like that either. He, he says that he, he's more like, like the oxygen that, that flows through the blood in your veins, giving you life and strength and power, the, the ability to think. He's always with you. He is, he is the one who literally empowers you for this task. He, he dwells with you. He strengthens you. He's in everyone who believes in him. He, he's here now by, by his spirit. So, what's the purpose of today? Well, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the why of your life is that he is the one who has authority over all people. He has all authority. Therefore, what are you to do? Well, you're going to all people to, to teach them about all that he said and did. And you're doing it because he's always with you to strengthen you. That, that's what the why of Christianity is. And if you're not yet a Christian, can, can I tell you this why is the purpose of creation? It's the purpose of the world we live in. And it genuinely is, a day by day, the best life to live. Not the easiest, but the best life to live. The, the, the most secure life to live. The most loved life to live. It's the life to live that you were made for. And we'd love you to know it for yourself. Let, let me pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank and praise you for the risen Lord Jesus Christ, our risen Lord Jesus Christ, that he has all authority in heaven on earth. We thank and praise you that he's for all people. There's no one excluded because of who they are or what they've done from his kingdom of love. We rejoice, our Father, that he's made all things known to us. He's He's given us teaching in his word, and, and we're always learning. We're just learners, Lord. We admit that now. Please be our teacher and help us to teach others. And we thank you that we do all this because, Jesus, you promise you're with us all days. There's not any moment of any day when you're not with us, strengthening us, enabling us, helping us, comforting us by the power of your Spirit. Please write these truths upon our heart and change our lives with them for your name's sake. Amen.